0: Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle. But I live in much more freedom now because I know God through his word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with his word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God. And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show. And I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome into another episode with me and my guest today, pastor, writer, and speaker Donnie Abbott. Donnie is joining us today to talk about facing the storms in our lives. As a pastor, he's walked through many storms with others, and he's weathered a few of them himself. We talk about storms here with some frequency, but I loved how Donnie's inspiration for his book is a painting by Rembrandt called The Storm on the Sea of Galilee. It was painted in 1633 and was stolen in 1990 from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, Massachusetts, along with 12 other works. It's considered the biggest art theft in history, and the paintings have yet to be recovered. So that's kind of cool, I think, but what's even more important is how Donnie uses the different experiences Rembrandt depicts in his painting to give us more room to move through a variety of feelings and responses to our own storms. Some of the men are clinging for dear life while others sit in stunned paralysis. And so it is with us. When something hits us unexpectedly, we deal with it some days better than others. And through it all, Jesus is in the boat. Our verse this week is Matthew 8, 27. Hear it in the New King James Version. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Friend, whatever storm you may be facing, it's not more powerful than the presence of God, than the power of God. And that powerful presence will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's listen in. Welcome, Donnie. So happy to have you here.
1: It is so good to be with you. Thanks, Angie.
0: Yeah, so talk to us about the painting. I want to know about the painting that's important to you and this message of keeping the faith in the in when we're facing the unknown. Just tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, so I uh I'm I'm a lover of art. I'm I'm not a connoisseur or an expert on of, of art at all, um but I really feel like uh over the years uh, varying works of art have really spoken to me and particularly this, this painting by Rembrandt. And, uh, it's, it's a 500 year old painting. He painted it in 1633. And, uh, Rembrandt was a very prolific artist. He painted over 300 paintings in his career, but this painting Christ in the storm on the sea of Galilee was his only known seascape. And, uh, so that that sets it apart uh, by itself but then you add a layer of uh of um it was stolen in the largest art heist uh unsolved art heist in history so there's a layer of intrigue that's on top of this 500-year-old painting it was uh, stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum on St. Patrick's Day of 1990 and it hasn't been seen since. So, um, so that it's just really intriguing work of art. Uh, you can see for those of you who you know, choose to go and look at the painting, it's, uh, it depicts Matthew 8 and Luke 8, where Jesus and the 12 disciples are in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. So it's a tumultuous scene. Um, another interesting Component of the painting is that Rembrandt actually painted himself in the painting, and he's the only figure on the boat that's looking out at us, the viewing audience. So so just a really cool work of art.
0: Thank you, thank you for setting that up now, I just I know you've probably spent a lot of time looking at it and studying it. So yeah. what are some of the words that you would use to describe why why does it draw you in so what do you see in it when you look at it?
1: Well, I mean, I'm just looking at it again right now um you know there's there's interesting aspects to the painting there's on the top half of the painting there's five guys who are struggling, they're struggling against the storm, they're battening down the hatches, they're hanging on for dear life, and they're cast, for whatever reason, Rembrandt casts them in light. So there's a lighter hue to them. And then the bottom half of the boat is where Jesus and the remaining disciples are sitting, and they're actually in the dark. So you've got this contrast between dark and light, and it's interesting that Jesus is the light of the world. He's in the dark portion of the painting. Uh, you've got all kinds of emotions that are displayed in the painting. You've got guys that are praying. You've got, like I said, you've got guys that are fighting the storm. You got a guy on the rudder. Uh, he's, he's doing his best to steer the storm. And then you've got a guy in the back who's kind of towering in fear. And I think all of those are the emotions that we all express when we're faced with a storm in our life, whether it's a financial insecurity, you know, this bank just collapsed, right? And the ripple effects of that are yet to be felt. So what's going to happen with that? Um, there's, uh, job insecurities. There's medical diagnosis. There's grief and loss and all of those things. I think we all experience the emotions that the sailors on the boat experience you know yes. from fear to faith to uh, what the heck i give up and and through it all you know the the classic part of that story in scripture is that jesus was sleeping <laughs> i mean i mean that to me is uh because oftentimes when i'm going through struggles in life i'm like god are you sleeping? Do you yeah. see what's happening? I mean, I mean, so many people that resonates with, with a lot of people. So uh it's it's a great scene, a great story and scripture. And then of course the best part about it is that Jesus, he wakes up, he stands up, turns to the storm and says, He's, be still. And then he turns to the to the fellas and, like, hey boys, where where is your faith? You know, and I think that's uh that's something that resonates with us also, mm-hmm. you know, because what you and I place our faith in is oftentimes set against the backdrop of the trials of life. And uh, do we place our faith in things of this world or do we place our faith in the creator? Um so, I
0: love that. Yeah. What, what a universal question. And I think as I'm listening to you describe the painting and I do encourage you, friend, to, to look up the painting and take, take a look at it and study it for yourself. But as you're describing it, I can think about trials in my life and I know that I sort of rotate through those positions. Do I not? There are times when I am trying to hold on for dear life and I'm making the plans and the preparations or whatever, and I'm fighting it. And then there are other times that I'm just the scared one that doesn't know how to do anything. I'm just like paralyzed with it. And I think we rotate through those sometimes. And sometimes I'm crying out in indignation. Why aren't you doing something, you know? And uh, and I think there's like one of the things that I appreciate about how you're describing it is all of that is valid as we're fighting through something, as we're going through something that we're going to rotate through those emotions and those places. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's very much like the five stages of grief, you Mm -hmm. know, there's denial and anger and then, you know, uh, you finally get to a place of acceptance. And um, I think that's what what the scene depicts. Sure, sure. He- so
0: what do you share about your life? That makes you passionate about this painting and there and this topic because my guess is for most of us who do any writing we write from a place of our own understanding or our own needs. So what do you share about your life and facing storms um, that makes this something that you're real passionate about sharing?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I'm constantly interfacing with people who are going through struggles. I mean, literally on a weekly basis. Someone is coming to me with questions about whatever it is that they're facing in life. And, um, and then you add on top of that, you know, my own life experiences going back to when I was in the military, I was uh, a paratrooper in the army. So I jumped out of air, airplanes, perfectly good airplanes. And, uh, there, you have to admit there's a great deal of fear and faith that are involved whenever you jump out of an, an aircraft. And, and it's true that faith and fear are close cousins to one another. You really can't have one without the other. So I think all of that plus this Rembrandt painting has kind of lent itself to me writing this book and, um, you know, just my own personal experiences dealing with loss and, um, you know, heartbreak and broken relationships and all of that stuff. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. So this, this section of scripture, I know I always ask about sections of scripture or verses of scripture that mean a lot to you. So I'm going to guess this in Matthew 8 and Luke 8 is one that means a lot to you. Would you either talk about that um, or maybe there's another one that is really important to you as you continue to do work about having and hanging on to your faith, even when we're afraid and we're facing a storm?
1: Yeah, that, that is, uh, I've, I've been actually in first Corinthians, um, recently in first Corinthians chapter two. Paul is addressing the church there and he's, he's talking about when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. So he's talking about how, uh, you know, his, his, he's not a great speaker. But toward the end, uh, or in verses four and five, he says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And I just, I just love that because so often we can get caught up in, in the storm that we're facing. And forget about the, the power of God to get us through the storm. You know, in the, in the story in Matthew eight, uh, the story is about Jesus calming the storm. But at one point that, that boat and those men were on shore and Jesus beckoned them to come on, fellas, let's go for a boat ride. And these guys are probably thinking, you know, it's just going to be a le- leisurely twilight. Boat ride, but um, they didn't know what they were going, what they were heading into. But who did? Jesus knew, Jesus knew exactly what they were going to face, and um, Jesus knows he's not taken surprised by any of the storms that we face. But as we as we read in scripture, you know, up until that point, Jesus had healed demoniacs, he had healed lepers. But there was something about Jesus as creator of the universe displaying his power over the winds and the waves that really was a turning point, I think, in the faith that these 12 guys had in Jesus. I think it, it obviously um, encouraged their faith a, a great deal, as it would in any of us. So, um
0: We'll be right back. Hello, my friend. Are you ready to develop consistent Bible study habits within a community that offers fresh resources and loving accountability? Well, I have an invitation for you. We would love to have you with us in Steady on University. On June 13, we will be kicking off a brand new study. It's called Be Still, and it will be anchored in the verses of Psalm 46. The lessons will help us remember that God is our refuge, and the way to calm life's chaos is by taking shelter in Him. You will find all the details for study on university in today's show notes. Again, the Be Still study begins on June 13, and you do not want to miss it. The study time in SOU so far is fire, and it's only going to get better from here. I hope you'll take a minute to check it out because I would love to study with you. Yeah, I want to circle back to two things you just said because I really like what you were saying about how Jesus knew because I think sometimes our immediate reaction when we find ourselves in something especially when we feel like we've done something in obedience and then it got got hard, right? right? Um that happens to me all the time and you're just like, "Wait a second, I followed you here. How did <laughs> it go so wrong?" Right? Like, how is how am I so afraid now or how does it look like the whole thing's coming apart and I'm sure pastoring you've been there as well. And so what, what have you found to go to, how, where, what moves you from that place of questioning maybe to the next place of back on the shore, maybe with a little bit more confidence.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough one for sure. I don't Mm -hmm. know if anybody really answered to that. I mean, I think we have to do our due diligence and of course Praying, reading scripture, seeking out wise counsel from people that have maybe been in similar situations. And um and then just press on. I mean, yeah. we've done our part and now we gotta wait on God to do his. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think too, uh, thank you for that. That's obviously not something I posed to you ahead of time. It just made me think about that because I think that's so important because that's when we can. Uh, that's when our faith is challenged. Like you were saying, you know, like we can watch it in somebody else. We can, like, like they had seen him heal people. They had seen him, you know, cast out the demons. And I think believed, I think a lot of times we believe in what we see God doing in other people's lives, but we see the, the end result so often and we question or we get nervous when it doesn't seem to be moving as smoothly, quickly through um, in our life as it seems to isn't, I think, but seems to in someone else's.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, anytime we read scripture, I find myself doing this all the time is, you know, you turn from one page to the next, you just think it's, it's the next day when we forget that there's oftentimes there's years or decades that are between the pages, you know, and uh, you take someone like Daniel, you know, he was decades in, uh, and captivity in yes. Babylon and, and we don't see that, you know, Daniel's a relatively short, short book but anyway, we just have to keep. Uh, no,
0: I love that. Yeah. The Lord has been reminding me so much of David's journey lately and how often as he was hiding in the, you know, in the cliffs and in the, in the rocks and taking refuge and being, you know, uh, fighting for his life or fleeing for his life and all that stuff. There have to be times where he was like, I was anointed King. Why are we doing like, well, this is not, you know, I mean, it doesn't say that, right. But there had to be moments where you're just like, wait a second, this is not unfolding the way that really good moment when you called me to this felt it's not unfolding the way I thought it would unfold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let me ask you, where's God working in your life now? Like post writing this book and, you know, in the ministry work you're doing in your church, I just wondering where are you experiencing him, his peace, his healing, his guidance, anything like that right now?
1: Yeah, I would, I would first say that in my marriage, um, my wife and I, we've been married for 25 years. And I would say our marriage, uh, last year we hit a rough patch, Uh, but I would say right now um, our marriage is as good as it's ever been. You know, God really saw us through a a pretty challenging time, Uh, along with uh, we have three boys and one of our oldest is out of the house, but we have two teenagers in the house. And of course, they always have trials uh, that test your faith and they my two teenagers last year were really in some substantial uh, situations where I was looking around going like, "God, are you sleeping? are you seeing this?" But he's he's seen us through that season as well. Um, I'm I'm doing a lot more speaking at church, so that that's been good. And of course, anytime you're a teacher, you should be the best student. Uh, so I'm growing and and learning more about God and and His Word. So those are just a few of the ways that God is uh, working in my life right now.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing some of that. Uh, the, we I think we're in a very similar life season. My husband and I have been married 25 years. I have my oldest one left for college last year. I have one teenager boy, both boys at home. So yeah, yeah. We're, that season, I think I, I don't know about you, but I you know I ask. Sometimes the question like it, it, it have it has it been enough? You know, because here we are. It seemed like, you know, when they were little, sometimes it seemed like that would never end. And now it seems like it ended so quickly. <laughs> and uh yeah, oh. it, yeah. And just trying to, I think, be gentle as as this because it, it's changing. Our family is changing. And ha- do I am I approaching that with grace and gentleness or resistance and fear? You know? Yeah.
1: For
0: yeah. sure. I hear you. Yeah. 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 So, well, tell me what, what is it that you hope the book does to encourage people, but also how would you encourage people for the one that's listening right now that says, I understand that I'm holding on for dear life. I understand that guy in the boat who's paralyzed and just doesn't know what to do. I understand the questions of are you asleep? Does this not matter to you? We're about to die and you don't even care, you know, kind of, I, I get that. What's some of the encouragement that you have found in your own walk and that is helpful for some other people?
1: Well, I would say, first of all, um, I hope that people gain an appreciation of art, uh, because I think um, art, you know, God as, as the ultimate creator, he has given us as as men and women, the ability to create as well. And that comes out obviously in many different art forms from sculpture to plays to songs to books and all of that. So I would say just gain a greater appreciation of the arts and particularly uh, paintings and, and just really kind of dive into that and see how God might be speaking to you through art. But then also for people who are going through struggles. Um, you know, God sees your struggle. Uh, this didn't take him by surprise. Uh, just keep leaning into him uh, through reading scripture, uh, gathering and fellowship with other believers, of course, praying and just keep doing your part. I mean, that's all that any of us can do when we're faced with challenges in life. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, Just We got to cling to the hope that we have in in God, that he's going to see us through whatever we're going through, and that ultimately, when we get on the other side, we're going to be better for it. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my colleagues at church, she uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She's 34 years old, has a two-year-old little guy and married, and, uh, you know, this came out of left field, like cancer usually does healthy girl, uh, but had a really rare form of breast cancer, deadly form. Fortunately, they caught it, but uh, that put her on a 15-month, well, she's still going through it, uh, a journey and, you know, radiation and chemotherapy, losing hair, double mastectomy, all of that stuff.
0: Hmm.
1: What, What can anybody say to that person other than just cling to the hope you have, in Jesus um and you know rely on people that love you and support you and she did and she's on the other side of it and i not i know that not all people the story doesn't end like that you know she she's in a good place but many times people lose their lives to breast cancer um and we don't know this side of heaven why god chooses to heal some and not not heal others I don't think any of us know that answer. So, but just keep the faith and the hope that you have. Uh,
0: And sometimes clinging on for dear life is the right thing, right? I mean, like, I think some it it is. Yeah. Where it's like, I think alternative. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes in our churches, we think we need to have the right answer or the, you know, or something. And I'm like, sometimes the right answer is I'm just hanging on for dear life right now.
1: Yep. Yep. yep, and that, that happened to my wife and I last year with one of our kids. Um, we had to seek out counsel because we just had no idea what to do in this situation. And we sought out godly counsel from a couple of different couples and they kind of kind of walked us off the off the ledge. Yeah, you know? uh, we thought everything was over. It wasn't. And uh asked them to pray with us and for us, and they did, and and fortunately our kids. They got through it. Good.
0: The enemy will tell us we're alone in our struggle, and For I think that's sure. the and that's one of the biggest things that we can remember is we are not alone. Um, scripture promises that God will never leave us, but also, I, I really appreciate your advice around there. Who can pray with you? Who can help you carry it? Who can know that it's a really difficult time, a season that you're walking through and just check in on you sometimes. People uh, want to be able to do that for you. So um, don't let the enemy have a foothold and let him try to convince you that you're walking this alone because you are not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Donnie's book is called Christ in the Storm, Keeping Faith in the Face of the Unknown. And then he also has a lovely children's book called Stanley, the Claustrophobic Miner, which is just <laughs> wonderful. And he can be found at DonnieAbbott.com. And of course, I will put all of that in today's show notes. Anything else you would like to, uh, any other place you'd like to send the
1: listeners? No, no. Yeah. DonnieAbbott.com is. Okay. The- place to find me and you can check out some of my, um, my sermons, you know, so I upload those there as well, but so grateful to you, Angie and the steady on listeners. Uh, I hope that you were blessed by our time today.
0: (laughs) Well, I know I was. And so I, and I'm confident that they have been as well. And so again, we just really appreciate your time, Donnie. And, um, and I appreciate you friend for listening and until next time, peace. Thank you so much, Donnie, for serving us today and reminding us to see God and to find encouragement from God in new ways and places, like a Rembrandt painting. Our verse again this week is Matthew eight twenty-seven. Hear it in the NIV. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. If you haven't yet, I encourage you to listen to Monday's Take It In episode where I focus on the word waves. Next week, our Take It In verse will be Hebrews 12, 2. It reminds us that Jesus endured the cross and scorned its shame for the joy he knew was coming. My guest will be Jasmine Holmes. Jasmine and I had an impactful conversation about shame and the effects of shame in our lives, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.